You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, my brother Tyson stops by and we pick Team Canada's men's Olympic hockey roster, including whether or not Shifley and Morrissey made the cut. But first, a word from our friends over at DraftKings, and that's because college football season is right around the corner, and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving you the chance to get into the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet a dollar or more on any college football game. That's right, just $1 can win you up to $200 in free bets instantly. Maybe you like Alabama to go undefeated. Maybe you think John Harbaugh is actually going to be worth the money that Michigan's paying him. Not likely. Whatever the bet may be, it's that simple that easy so make sure to head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering and as always DraftKings is safe secure and reliable super super easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets When you place a $1 bet on any college football game, that's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana... 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Joining me today on the pod is my brother Tyson. What's going on today, kiddo? Not too much. Happy to be back. It's dog days of summers, so uh, we're going to have to dig deep in the barrel for this episode, I guess. <laughs> well, you're not bottom of the barrel, Tice. Don't sell yourself too short there. No, you actually came up with today's episode, so I really appreciate that. You also mentioned to me a food incident that took place tonight. That we absolutely have to get into. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's honestly one of the funniest food things I've ever heard. Something you ate. I mean, we're, we got to get into this. It's, uh, I mean, an abomination of nature what took place. 
but we'll save that for a little later on in the episode because we don't want to scare anybody away, but make sure you tune into that one a bit later on. In the meantime, Tyson, you did mention to me that, you know, with the Summer Olympics now in the rear view, the Winter Olympics are just around the corner here, and since it's kind of a slow time in the hockey offseason in the middle of August, you know, NHL players are set, it seems, we assume and expect, to return to the Olympics. And we'll see Team Canada officially defend their crown as Olympic champions with NHL players in the mix. And so, with that in mind, I thought today we could make our picks for Team Canada's men's Olympic hockey roster. Most importantly for Winnipeggers too, whether or not Mark Shifley or Josh Morrissey crack the list. So Tyson, we'll let you go first, age before beauty, and we'll start with the forward group. Before we get into your picks, though, just first right off the bat, do you have Mark Shifley on Canada's Olympic roster? Yes, he is. In the, in the lineup, too, not just an extra. Top line, I got Huberto, McDavid, McKinnon. Can't go wrong with that line. That's just a stack. Absolutely stacked line all across. I think that line's just going to dominate whoever they play. Second line, I go with Marshawn, Crosby, and Bergeron. Obviously, because of the World Cup, they they played so insane together. The OGs, they obviously right? have that. Yeah, exactly. They they clearly have that chemistry as a second line. I don't think it gets much better. I don't see what other countries' top lines even competing with that. Third line, my third and fourth line. I don't know if you can call them third or fourth lines. I think a lot of these lines are all they're all going to play pretty similar minutes. But I put Shifley on the left wing with. Braden Point and Mitch Marner. I figure that line's going to get a lot of... That's probably going to be the line that gets the easiest matchups whenever Canada's got last change. And with my fourth line, I went complete shutdown and went with Ryan O'Reilly, Sean Couturier, and Mark Stone. Good luck scoring against that line. And one, and for my extra, I actually put Matt Barzell, and I think he could be an X-factor for Canada, especially with the Olympic size rink, you know, he's, he's never played. We never, we've never seen him play on a Olympic size rink since I, he might've played at the Ivan Holinka, I think in Switzerland. We haven't seen him like now with that, with that speed to see what he does in the NHL. I think, it, I think it could be a major X factor. I think he could turn a lot of heads and I think it could be trouble for the Islanders in negotiations next summer. I'm just impressed, Tyson. You did the research to find out that Matt Barzell played at the Ivan Alinka in Switzerland a few years ago. I'm not even going to check that on you. I mean, I, I, I'll just go with it. I'm actually going to, you know, maybe moving forward, I'm going to use that to, to sound like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to prospects. Yeah, that guy looked great at the Ivan Alinka back in uh, Germany a couple of years ago. Now, we have pretty similar teams here, actually, so it's a little unfortunate that there won't be a ton of disagreement. But there is a big one between our two lists here. And I think a lot of people in this city might have a bit of a problem with what I have going on up front for Team Canada. But I don't have Mark Shifley among the starting 12 forwards for Team Canada here. And the reason for that is pretty simple. And anybody that's watched Mark Scheifele here in Winnipeg the past few years would have to admit to this. And that's that he is not good defensively. And especially compared with some of the higher-end offensive options across the NHL, he just hasn't been good enough inside his own end. And I think that's going to hold him back from grabbing a spot amongst the starting 12 forwards for Team Canada come Olympic time. And it's crazy to say that because he's, I think, fifth or sixth among Canadian forwards, not just centers, but any forward. He's fifth or sixth in points per game these past couple of seasons. Like, the offensive production is obviously there. 
He's one of the elite on the planet, let alone here in Canada. But it's it's just hard to ignore what's gone on in his end of the ice these past few seasons. And when you're talking about some of the players that he's battling for spots for, they have the offensive game. And while they may not be defensive, you know, silky finalists, they're pretty darn good inside their own end as well. And I think Mark Scheifele is going to have to show the Canadian coaching staff that he's able to earn their trust when it comes to playing in the starting lineup for game one. That's why, as of right now, I have Mark Scheifele watching that opening game in the Olympic tournament from the press box and not taking part in the tournament. Now, as for who gets in over Mark Scheifele, well, Tyson, you're shaking your head. What are you shaking your head at about my, my Scheifele call? I think putting him on a line with point gives you that, you know, he's, he, you've got that responsible guy to put him with. And you can say what you want about Mitch Marner this last playoffs. I mean, everyone saw it, but, you know, he's not that bad. It's not as bad as he showed, even at his own end. So I think putting him with those two guys, you give him a bit of some cushion. And like I said, I think that would be the line that goes up against the other team's worst line. Yeah, that's a fair point, Tyson. And now, now that you say it out loud, it kind of makes me question my pick a little bit. It's completely fair. And, you know, it's ultimately what's going to happen if Mark Shifley gets into the starting lineup, right? He's I, I don't think at this point he's going to be one of their four centers. I mean, you have McDavid, Crosby, and we'll get to our checking line in just a second, but we'll just say the checking line and then Braden Point. I mean, Nathan McKinnon is already moving out to the wing. There's just no room for the guys that are ahead of Mark Shifley, he's just not going to be down the middle. So that is going to mitigate his you know, defensive weaknesses a fair amount, right? He'll be able to be sheltered out there on the wing. That's the old saying in hockey, you know, turn your brain off once you head out to the wall. So, you know, maybe maybe that is enough to put Mark Shifley into uh, a spot in the starting lineup. And I'll tell you what, too, there's a pretty cushy spot or two open on the depth chart for Mark Shifley to find a way into. I mean, we'll get into what I have lined up for Team Canada here, but there's a spot for him to play beside potentially McDavid and McKinnon, or even Braden Point, right? It's just that there's a lot of talent battling for, I think, one or two spots on this roster. Now, who I have for my Team Canada forwards? You mentioned Matt Barzell there, Tyson, as your X-Factor potentially for Canada. And I would agree with that. Because I actually have him on my top line. It's my dream offensive trio. But my top line for Team Canada sees Connor McDavid centering Nathan McKinnon and Matt Barzell. Good Lord, can you imagine trying to go up against those three forwards if you're a blue liner on any other country? It it might be the fastest, most electric, dangerous offensive trio we've ever seen in hockey. Like, I can't even imagine being a defenseman and that being your assignment. Like, holy shit, I'm going going to have a couple dashes on the night. I don't think I'm ever getting a contract in the NHL after this game. (laughs) It's going to be like that scene in Saving Private Ryan when Tom Hanks' character is, like, shell-shocked in that final battle. And he's just kind of looking around and and in a big daze and everything like that. I, I just don't know how you defend them, honestly. And I would love to see Matt Barzell kind of unlocked beside the two biggest offensive weapons in hockey. I mean, look what he's done out there with the Islanders, with the style that they play. And while playing with good players, just nobody near the offensive level of those two. I think Matt Barzell could be able to reach another level beside McDavid and McKinnon. And I think as far as just an aesthetic point of view, that would be super, super fun to see. 
My second line, and I think everyone's going to agree, you know, when we build Team Canada here, that this line has to open the tournament together. That's Sidney Crosby, Santorin, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchand. Like you mentioned there at the World Cup, beyond dominant. And, and really, might be, I mean, this team's top line when you look at it. And, and I just don't know if there's another line in the entire tournament that would be able to slow down Crosby, Bergeron, and Marchand, despite each of them in their mid-30s at this point. I mean, as a second line, it's ridiculous. But I just wonder how many top lines would be able to match those three and what they're able to put out there together. We get to the bottom six, and, th and this is where a bit of the intrigue lies for me. Now, I mentioned again, I don't have Mark Shifley in my top 12. The reason for that is, I'm with you, Tyson. I'm going pure shutdown, Paul Marie style, top six, bottom six. But I'm going with a pure shutdown line. And Sean Couturier with Ryan O'Reilly and Mark Stone. Any lead is going to be safe. Plus, you need some guys on the team at some point to kill penalties, to take defensive face-offs, things like that. Those three are going to be able to do that for you, obviously, at an elite rate. And you could save some of the old guys some of those minutes. It's just a win-win for me. And I, you know, when I'm building this team, I want to make sure that I have that defensive conscience somewhere. And those three obviously bring that in spades. Two Selkie winners. One should be Selkie winner in Mark Stone. And they're all point-of-game guys at some point in their NHL career as well. So they can still put the puck in the net. And then my fourth line. I think Braden Point is a lock to make Team Canada at this point. I'm going with his wingers as Jonathan Huberto and Mitch Marner. A couple of natural wingers at that too. I just don't know at this point if Shifley... I mean, offensively, they're all pretty similar. Mitch Marner slightly outproduced Shifley this past season. Huberto outproduced Shifley the year before that. But Mitch Marner kills penalties. Like, Mitch Marner is a decent defensive forward. And I, I think Jonathan Huberto is, is probably, you could say, the same as that. So I just think, right now, Mark Shifley is a little bit back of those two. But that could change by the time this uh, season starts to get underway. I would say for sure, though, that Mark Shifley is obviously going to make Team Canada. You know, at, at worst, it's going to be as the 13th forward. He's also ahead of guys like Stamkos and Tavares, who I have just outside that. But it's just going to be about whether or not Mark Shifley can ultimately crack the top 12 and get some decent minutes because there is some prime opportunity available for him. We'll see if Mark Shifley takes his game to another level once the season gets underway and with Team Canada in mind. Now let's go to the blue line here, Tice. It's an interesting group of players. It's not as good as Team Canada's group back in 2010 when you had Hall of Famers all over the place. But there's still a ton of talent here. Let's start off with, again, before you get to your sixth defenseman, is Josh Morrissey on your Team Canada roster? He is not. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think we have to dive into this all that much here. I mean, when I look at the group of left-handed defensemen for Team Canada that is available, he's probably 8th, ninth on the list. Like, he's way, way down there. And, and that's just the lefties. Never mind the right-handed defenseman that might make the team. I mean, we all know the step back that Josh Morrissey has taken these past two years. I actually think he's going to have a really good bounce-back season this upcoming campaign. I just don't think it's going to be enough to vault him back ahead of a number of candidates that have surpassed him. A lot of these young guys, these young Canadians on the left side, have taken some steps these past two years. And they've, you know, kind of created a pretty big gap between themselves and Josh Morrissey here. But let's hear the rest of your top six, Tyson. 
I think there might be a little bit of a, it might be kind of a wild card decor, but I, I really like the looks of it. My top pair, I have Shea Theodore and Petrangelo. They got the chemistry in Vegas, you know, both good, solid two-way guys. I think that's just a solid pairing. Then this is where I kind of go off the beaten trail. I went with Adam Pellick and Kale McCarr as my second pair. And I just, I, in my opinion, that's like the perfect D pair. I think that's their styles just mesh perfectly. And then for my third pair, I go with Darnell Nurse and Dougie Hamilton with Thomas Shabbat as my seventh D man. Okay, interesting. Well, we actually have a decent amount of differences here. So it's going to be a little. A little more exciting than what we have up front between our two teams. I mean, we have some of the same guys. I mean, my top pair, I didn't have to think about this too much at all. Let's put the best lefty. Let's put the best righty together. Shea Theodore has proven that. And Kale McCarr is my choice to play beside Shea Theodore. I just think Kale McCarr is a no doubt about a top five guy in the NHL right now. I could probably put him in my top three pretty easily. I think this is an absolutely generational player. I think, you know, as good as Connor McDavid is up front, I think Kale McCarr is going to be like that. And he might be there right now. I'm just going out of my way to make sure he's getting 25 minutes a night. And hey, if he didn't miss 10 games this past season, whatever it was, he's probably walking away with an Oris Trophy as good as Adam Fox was this past year. So that's my top pairing. Number two, I agree. Alex Petrangelo was a lock to make this team. Probably going to wear the A on the back end as well. His partner, though, I'm actually going to go with Morgan Riley. I'm going to go Morgan Riley and Alex Petrangelo as my second pair. I also think Team Canada is going to pick Morgan Riley. But the the Riley spot and, and the partnership beside Petrangelo, that's going to be an interesting one to monitor for me because there's a number of players, I think, that are going to be in the mix for that one. And then I might be going just way off the wall here with my third pairing. But I love your Adam Pellick pick. I got to say that. But with Barry Trotz on the coaching staff, I got to find a way to make Pellick and Pulak a pairing for Team Canada. That's right. I got the New York Islanders top pairing. Let's just put them both out there together. And that's going to be my third pair. And, and you know, it's kind of similar to the Couturier-O'Reilly-Stone line up front where you have, you know, a, a no doubt about it shutdown duo on your back end. But let's face it, they've been, you know, to a certain extent, quietly, in my opinion, one of, if not the best defensive pairing in the NHL these past few years. I mean, they've been outstanding. They're a huge reason, maybe outside of Barry Trotz, the reason why the Islanders are as good as they are. And I have no problem in a short tournament where chemistry can sometimes be the biggest issue and putting out a pairing that knows each other as well as those two do. So, I mean, some people might be surprised by that. But I feel pretty comfortable having Pelic and Pulak as Team Canada's third defensive pairing. Now, there's some names that could even throw that into the wrench a little bit. I mean, Aaron Ekblad, with how well he played this past season, deserves a spot on Team Canada. I just don't know how healthy he is and what he's going to look like when he hopefully comes back for Game 1 this upcoming season. But he's got to be in the mix. Jacob Chikrin as well is going to be in the mix. I think he had 24 goals this past year. So, I mean, if he takes another leap, you might have to find... I mean, it might end up being Jacob Chikrin and Aaron Ekblad as this team's third pairing. So, a, a lot of balls are still up in the air there. But, you know, I think we've got kind of a, a general consensus of who's going to be on the blue line for Team Canada this upcoming Olympics. Now, let's go into net here. And I think this is a pretty easy discussion. But let's hear what your starting goalies... What your goalies are for Team Canada. 
Yeah, I, I figured it was pretty easy. I I just went Carey Price, Mark Andre Fleury, and Darcy Kemper right now. Fleury and Price are just two guys that are just you, when you think of Canada, you think of those two. So I don't see I don't see anyone bumping those two out of it. I could see if Kemper struggles, I could see them maybe leading to a younger goalie as the third goalie, maybe Mackenzie Blackwood or Carter Hart, depending how Carter Hart bounces back or Mackenzie Blackwood bounces back too. You know, those two could easily be the third goalie, but I think it's kind of a wait and see approach for that third goalie spot for Canada. Yeah, I always like when Canada puts a young guy in that third spot there, just knowing that, you know, eventually they're probably going to take over the mantle when it comes to goaltending. So I, I put in as my third goalie, either Hart, Blackwood, or Darcy Kemper. And I'd be cool with either one of those, assuming, you know, whoever's playing the best out of those three. But there's no doubt that Carey Price is your starting goalie, and then Marc-Andre Fleury is the backup. I mean, Fleury's the reigning Vesna winner, and Carey Price dragged the Montreal Canadiens to the Stanley Cup final. And on top of that, Carey Price might be the best international goalie in hockey history. So there isn't too much debate to be had there. I do wonder, though, that if Darcy Kemper is not ultimately going to be the choice as the third guy, just because he's going to be on the Avs now, he's probably going to light it up. A ton of wins, great numbers, playing in front of one of the best teams in hockey. And if that makes it an easy, an easy decision for Team Canada. But we'll see. Won't be shocked either if Hart, Blackwood, maybe even Bennington grabs that third goalie spot there. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for our Team Canada portion of this. So, I mean, pretty good rosters, Tice. We're, we're pretty much in agreement here. I mean, the main difference, oddly enough, is that you have Shifley in. I have Shifley out of the starting 12. We both have Josh Morrissey off of Team Canada. But let me know on Twitter at Brandon underscore Wiki or at SkatesBladesPod. Do you agree with our picks? Which team do you like better? And would you or would you not have Mark Shifley as one of the 12 starting forwards for Team Canada? Would love to get your thoughts. Would love to know what Winnipeg Jets fans think about that. Now we have to get to this before we close. And I teased it a little bit earlier. But Tyson, you went on a bit of a food odyssey this evening. And it's something that I didn't know existed. I, I don't even know what to call this, really. I mean, it's is it a horror movie? Is it a psychedelic flick? I mean, just, I guess, explain to everybody what you found and what your dinner was like this past night. Well, so I was just, I was just looking, I was just in the grocery store, just, just taking a peek down the, the past aisle. And I see this, this black box with flames all over it. I caught my attention right away. So I looked at it and it was, it's a Frito-Lay's product. And it's a Cheeto mac and cheese flaming hot version. And I I love like the the normal crunchy flaming hot Cheetos. Like they're one of my favorite snacks. So I was like, oh why why not? We'll give it a try. Yeah. So for those that don't know, it's like craft dinner, like like KD. It's like that, but it's flaming hot Cheetos version. Right. And it's red. Like it's like the dust the dust is the dust is red. Like it's I, there's no other way to. It's really red, like a food coloring red. Tyson, it is like neon red, like redder than a fire truck. Like it, it is so disgusting. I couldn't believe when you took the picture that you actually ate it. Yeah, so I make it and I look. I'm just looking at it. You're like, okay, well, we're getting ourselves into we're getting ourselves into some some deep waters right now. And it's got a weird. It had a weird smell too. A little bit of a funky smell. And I take the first bite, and the first, and immediately the first thing in my head, it wasn't, it didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I gotta spit this out. It was just, this should not be in my body. 
There's nothing that's in this. We can we can read some of the ingredients too if you want. I don't know if I want to, but the desodium phosphate, that's a good thing, right? Gargum. That, that doesn't sound good. What's a gargum? Xanthan gum. I, I think that's a I think that's too many gums in my mac and cheese for my liking though. And yeah, like and just think, thinking about like if I think that if you cook that and you went back in time and you gave it to someone that was just like in the mid 1700s and you gave them that, I think they're dead within two days. I don't, I don't think the human body is meant. I think we eat too much, pro- or at least I eat too much processed stuff now that my body's at least it's hurting a bit. But like you drink, you drink a couple glasses of Pepto and then you're on your way. Okay, so we've established that flaming hot Cheeto mac and cheese is a war crime of some sort. But what did it taste like? Like you didn't say what it tasted like. Is is it bland or is it too spicy? Like what was the deal? What did it taste like? Not food. Like that's the that's it's hard to explain. But like you could kind of make out what everything's supposed to be, but you know that's not what it is. Like I can tell they're trying to put cheese in it, and they're trying to like put pasta and like make it like at least make it edible but you just know that this this is not a real cheese i don't even know if the past is real i don't know what that's made out of i i got like halfway through it after the first bite when i when i said i didn't know what i was putting in my body and i still kept eating it i still have a couple of bites but just halfway through i'm like i can't do this like this is not gonna end well it's just my body was instantly rejecting the taste and i dump it out and it's just like just like sticky it looks like vet like it looks like in spider-man 3 you know, like when they when they ring the bell and that and, and Venom's like go freaking out and just shooting out everywhere. That's what the mac and cheese looks like when you're dumping it out. It looks like an alien trying to hold on, trying to hold on to your insides. <laughs> you know what the sickest part about all this is? Your description of what that flaming hot Cheeto mac and cheese is and how it just shouldn't be consumed by humans. Like you getting into that now makes me want to buy it even more. Like, I have to try it now for myself to see if what you said is true. Like, that's the worst part about all this, is I'm going to the store tomorrow, and I'm going to give this a go. Now, before we wrap up here, would you try it again? And what's your rating? Like, out of 10, what would you give it? Uh, I don't know if I could try it again, but 4 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never eat it again, and it shouldn't be consumed by anyone, and I only had a quarter of the bowl, but uh, 4 out of 10. Would recommend. Well, I don't... I don't envy you for the next 24 hours, Tyson, but hey, maybe sometime next week we could make this a thing. Like we like Tyson's taste segments where we just give you the most disgusting or like the most outlandish food items and we just get you to try them, like eat them live on the podcast. Actually, I did see that craft, like that actual craft dinner. They've been making these new, uh, these new like craft dinner flavorings that you put in. And I saw that there's a there's a jalapeno one that doesn't sound bad. Like a buffalo chicken one. That doesn't sound too bad either. And then you got a nice, nice pink bubble gum. <laughs> oh, why do companies do that? I, I hate when companies do that. That's got to be so bad for you. That's got to be awful for you. I just hate when food companies make stuff like notoriously outlandish just because they know what's going to get them clicks and things like that. So it just stuff like that really bothers me. Having said that, we are going to get you to taste test pink bubblegum craft dinner mac and cheese next time on the podcast. But I, I do want to end this on a high note, you know, after the debacle that was this past five or so minutes. But Burger Week is coming up here. Super, super excited. One of the best times all year in the city. And it's actually two weeks this year, which is just utter insanity. But I thought before we close, ending on a high note, 
in honor of upcoming Burger Week, Tyson, do you have a burger that maybe stands out above the rest over these past few years here during Burger Week that is just seared into your memory? Yeah, the one burger that I always remember I was, I think it was three years ago, and it was Q Grill. I think it was called the Mount Fuji Burger. And I, I don't remember everything that was on it, but I remember that I think it was the best burger I've ever eaten. I couldn't, I actually couldn't believe it. Everything I got, I think I got it three times in that week. I'm, I'm speechless now thinking about it. I could not agree more, Tyson. The, the Mount Fuji Burger is without a doubt. And there's been some beauties here in the city and there's going to be more to come this upcoming Burger Week. But I can honestly say that the Mount Fuji Burger from Q Grill is the best burger I've ever had in my life. I, like I can still I can smell it and I can like envision what it looks like in front of me right now. I just sound like the fattest person ever. But like I know there was pork belly, there was this great slaw that just cut through all the richness and the fattiness. I mean the burger was just outstanding and then Q sauces are always out of control, but this one was this one just took the cake. Without a doubt the best burger. We're going to try to make sure to get Calvin Truong, one of the, the owners and the chef from the Q franchise, on coming up soon before Burger Week gets underway. But the Mount Fuji one, you know, pardon the pun, but that one is the peak, the pinnacle when it comes to Burger Week for me. We'll see what Q Grill has in store again this year. Q Bistro this past year had the gravity-defying, floating, cheesy ramen noodle burger. So they, they, they've got their work cut out for them. I always love the King and Valentine ones too. They always do a great job with their with theirs. There's so many restaurants in Winnipeg that do such a great job with all their burgers. There's so many creative places. Like you look at, you even look at some of the other places where they do Burger Week, and I thought, I think Winnipeg's is one of the most creative, most innovative. Yeah, and probably the tastiest too. I mean, I, I've looked at Toronto's before, and you can suck at Toronto, but Winnipeg's got the better burgers. There's there's no doubt about that. So. I can't wait for Burger Week 2021, Super Jacked. And like I said, make sure you tune in every Friday moving forward. We'll try to get some of the restaurants that are taking part to maybe give us a sneak peek at the burgers they have on tap. And what goes into, you know, getting ready for Burger Week because they're making hundreds every single day. So we'll try to get them on before things get a little too crazy once September rolls around. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Tyson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your Team Canada list. And looking forward to next week's return for you when we can find out what bubblegum craft dinner tastes like. Can't wait. (laughs) Beauty. All right. Well, like I said, that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Like I mentioned, we're back on Friday. More Jets talk. A food interview coming your way as well. Can't wait to get into all that with you guys again. Peace.